I to turn to the book of uh, 1 Corinthians, and we're reading from chapter 13, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and beginning at verse 1. And now I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror, then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope and love. But the greatest of these is love. Okay, so uh, the adventure continues. Today is day 22. We're over halfway through uh, this uh, spiritual adventure, this spiritual journey. And today is day 22. And of course, we're looking at mercy uh, is patience with difficult people. Did you know that? Mercy is patient with difficult people. I heard a story about a, uh, a young primary school teacher called Miss Serenity. She was helping one of her children put on his Wellington boots and he asked her for help and she could see why he needed help. With her pulling and him pushing, the boots still didn't want to go on. When the second boot was on, she had worked up a sweat. She almost whimpered when the little boy said, Miss Serenity, they're on the wrong feet. She looked and sure enough they were. It wasn't any easier pulling the boots off than it was putting them on. She managed to keep her cool and together they worked to get the boots back on, this time on the right feet. Then the little boy announced, Miss Serenity, these aren't my boots. She bit her tongue. Rather than get right in his face and scream, why didn't you say so, she felt like doing. And once again, she struggled to help him pull the ill-fitting boots off. Then he said, Miss Serenity, they're my brother's boots. My mum made me wear them. 
She didn't know whether to laugh or cry. She mustered up the grace and mercy and courage and she wrestled to get the boots on his feet again. Now, she said, where are your gloves? Miss Serenity, I stuffed them in the toes of my boots. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Week four's memory verse. And uh, mercy is patient with difficult people. When you're tempted to lose patience with someone, think how God has been patient with you all the time. It's not in just in uh, primary schools that sometimes uh, we come across uh, difficult people. There are difficult people... Uh, in the workplace, in the school, uh, probably in your own family. And yes, headline news, even in the church of God, there are difficult people. No, I hear you say. No, I hear you say. And the scary thing is you might be sat next to one this morning. You might be sat next to one this morning. You you might be sat next to a difficult person. Uh, even worse, um, if you're looking, if you're if you're sat there looking round, wondering who the difficult person is, it just might be you. It could even be me. <laughs> difficult people. Uh, and this morning we're thinking, you know, how do we love difficult people? How? Do we love difficult people? Because the thing about difficult people is that they are difficult. And uh, they are difficult to like and difficult to love. Um, but in the church of God, we welcome difficult person, people. And I want to say right at the beginning of this, uh, this talk this morning, if you are a difficult person, then you are welcome here. Um, you might not be welcome in other places. You might feel that people don't want you there. But we want difficult people in the church. Uh, we want to welcome them and we want to love them. Uh, but we also want to help them change. Uh, just as Peter wonderfully uh, gave us that lovely example. We don't want to leave uh, people uh, in their difficulties. We do want to help change and transform them. And uh, this plate, you know, maybe we do need to take a plate and... And draw a picture to remind ourselves uh, that we might just be that difficult person. So, four ways we can be patient with difficult people. And uh, if you find it helpful to use a sheet, then please do. If you don't, uh, just use it to doodle on or draw a face on even. Four ways we can be patient with difficult people. Uh, First one is by taking responsibility for how we react to difficult people. By taking responsibility for how we react when dealing with difficult people. Because let's be honest, it's hard, isn't it? It's not easy uh, when you're dealing with difficult people. And the danger is, is that we don't react well. That's the danger when dealing with difficult people, that we don't react well. Uh, But in our wonderful passage that we read from 1 Corinthians 13, it tells us that love is patient. Now, this passage is a very well-known passage of Scripture, Uh, very often used at weddings for very obvious reasons, Uh, but it's worth remembering that while it is very suitable for uh, a wedding ceremony, actually this passage, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, all about love, comes in the context 
of Paul telling the church uh, how it should behave and, and how it should act and, and how it should use spiritual gifts. So this passage is very much a passage for God's people. It's not just for two people and how they should relate to other, but one another, but this is very much a passage about how we should relate to one another in the church. And uh, it's a passage, of course, that says that love is the greatest thing that we can do. So love is patient. And uh, not all of us have that gift of patience. But love is patience. Some of us are not that patient. Some of us uh, uh, are not patient at all. Are you easily offended? Are you the sort of person that is easily offended? But the people easily rile you. Uh, when people say something to you uh, that you don't agree with, do you just contemplate on that? Or does it kind of get you going and, and, and get you a little bit annoyed? How easily offended are you? Well, Paul says, love is not irritable or easily angered. Um, if we are full of love, uh, the love of God, the love of Christ, if we are full of the Holy Spirit, then actually... Uh, we won't be easily offended or angered. If we, if there's an anger that's that's in us, it'll it'll come out at the uh, at every opportunity as soon as somebody knocks us or nudges us. Uh, so how we react is very often says more about us than actually the people that we are dealing with. So, ever said to anybody, "You make me mad." Have you ever said that to people? Anyone said that? You make me mad, or you make me angry. Or you make me sad. Uh, And sometimes when people say this, they don't actually realise what they're saying. Because what they're saying is, I'm not in control of my emotions. You're making me like I am. You make me mad. And when we say that, we're actually saying, somebody else is in control of how we're reacting. Which obviously isn't a good thing. And that's why we need to take responsibility for how we react when dealing with difficult people. We can make a choice. We don't have to react in a negative way to people that are being negative towards us. There is a choice. Um, And we mustn't allow people uh, to be in control of our emotions. Sometimes we do that to blame people for who we are because it's much easier to blame somebody else for your response than actually deal with maybe the issues that are making us respond in the way that we respond. So four ways we can be patient with difficult people. The first is by taking responsibility for how we react, for owning who we are and how we react, and not just allowing uh, other people to control our emotions. Uh, The second way we can uh, be patient with difficult people is by showing sensitivity towards difficult people. We can show sensitivity towards difficult people. Uh, Paul says that love is kind. Love is kind. And uh, whenever you are met with a difficult person, it's an opportunity for you to be kind to a person that perhaps doesn't receive a lot of kindness because they irritate people and they rub people up the wrong way. And so they're used to being, to getting a negative response, which probably just feeds uh, the difficulties and the problems that the person has. Love is kind, Paul says. 
Of course, I value your opinion. It's so ludicrous that it makes me realize just how awesome uh, my opinion is. Not very kind words. Love is kind. It is not proud. It is not rude. And, uh, you know, sometimes when people are rude to us, the temptation is that we end up being rude back to them. And uh, just as there are difficult people in the church, believe it or not, I have come across people that are rude in the church as well. Which is rather sad, really, isn't it? Uh, Because we want to be kind and generous and loving and forgiving to people. We don't want to be proud. We don't want to be rude. We don't want to be selfish. So, I don't know if you've come across any VDPs. Very draining people. Uh, Difficult people can be very draining people. You know, you see the person uh, coming towards you and already you can feel the life being sucked out of you before you've even started talking to them. Uh, you know, they're, they're coming along and your heart sinks because you think, oh dear, uh, we're going to have a difficult time now. And uh, you know those people. Maybe, again, you might be one of those people and you see. And imagine, just the, part of the, the, the thing that we have to do is try and put ourselves in the position of these people and imagine how it feels. You know, you might be one of these people that, that people run up and hug you and greet you and welcome you and, and are delighted to see you. And that's great and we want to be people like that. But imagine if you're the sort of person that when you turn up, uh, people kind of look the other way or don't greet you. Imagine how that must feel. And imagine if that's how your life has been. That you've not received a nice welcome wherever you've been that you've always felt that the door's been slammed in your face, that you've always felt that maybe people are not that fond of you, that you're not the popular, you're always the last one to be, you perhaps you're the last person to be chosen at school for whatever it was they were doing, that you always were the person that got told off in the home or in the school, and that's been repeated throughout your lives. Yes, there are draining people, but we can be patient with them by showing sensitivity towards difficult people. We can show sensitivity. Hurt people, hurt people. Hurt people, hurt people. People that are hurting inside. People that are carrying around with them the pain and the disappointment of life uh, tend to allow that hurt to also hurt other people. Hurt people, hurt people. But if you knew where they had come from, If you knew their story, if you took the time to find out something about them, then you might just be a little bit more sympathetic to why they are such a difficult person. If you took the time to get to know them and to get to know their story. Uh, Instead of saying, look how far they've got to go, this person's got so far to go uh, just to catch up with where I am and other people are. They've got so far to go. Uh, Why not remember how far they might have already come? Uh, We don't all start off from the same place. Some of us have had a much happier upbringing. Some of us have had a much happier school life. Some of us have have got good jobs and and a good network of of, of friends and family that support us and help us. Other people don't have those things. They've started from a different place. They're, They're at a different place. And if we take that into consideration then maybe we will want to show loving kindness to them rather than being judgmental about the behavior that is being presented. 
So, ways we can be patient with difficult, we can be show sensitivity towards difficult people. We can be kind. We can be generous. We can be loving towards them. And then, and the third way we can be patient with difficult people is by responding reflectively when hurt by difficult people. Because people do say things and do things that can cause us hurt. And again, the, the immediate instinct of the immediate reaction is, is, is perhaps to want to retaliate, to perhaps to say something not very nice back to them. That's our immediate reaction. And just taking time to reflect when we are hurt rather than jumping in is a good thing. It's part of being patient with people, not responding immediately, taking time and to reflect and to speak in a, in a loving way. Love keeps no record of wrongs. This was one of our memory verses from a couple of weeks ago. And uh, it's so easy, isn't it, to keep a record of people's wrongs without realising you're doing it. You know you're doing it when, when you start to, when, when somebody crosses you and you start to bring up other things. You perhaps have heard of the, of the husband that was, uh, was, was complaining about his wife and he, she said, that, uh, my wife's getting all historical with me. And his friend just said, do you not mean hysterical with you? He says, no, I mean historical. She keeps bringing up everything that I've done wrong in the past. Uh, But without realising it, we can keep a record of people's wrongs. We can keep a record. This person's upset me before. They've done this, they've done that, they've done the other, they've done this. And we just need to be a bit more reflective about, and again, it's about thinking about why is the person like they are? What is it in them that's making them like this? Is there something in me that's causing that, that reaction in the person? Love keeps no record of wrong. Responding effectively when being hurt by difficult people. You see, for some people, being difficult is the only thing that they are good at. Some people being difficult, it's the only thing they're good at. And while there's, there's a humour in that, there's also sadness, isn't there? You know, you might be good at 101 different things, other people aren't. You might be really gifted and talented and able and clever. Other people aren't. And they've found their identity in the difficulties that they cause. They're actually, they actually thrive in that environment because it's something they seem to be good at. They seem to be able to upset people and offend people and, and, and they get that reaction. And sometimes we can, if we're not careful, we can feed into that. I like this, the way the message puts 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 15. Be careful that when you get on each other's nerves, and at times we do get on each other's nerves, and at times I'm sure I get on people's nerves as the pastor. Be careful that when you get on each other's nerves, you don't snap at each other. Look for the best in each other and always do your best to bring it out. Imagine in the church if we just live like that. That we always look for the best in people and we always, always try to bring the best out of other people. Imagine how that would kind of change uh, the way that we, we react uh, to one another. So, ways we can be patient with difficult people, we can respond, we can be responding reflectively when hurt by difficult people. Love forgets mistakes, Proverbs says. Nagging about them separates even close friends. Love forgets mistakes. Nagging about them separates even close friends. So that's the third way we can uh, be patient with difficult people. And then finally, the fourth way we can be patient with difficult people is by looking positively at what God is doing in the lives of difficult people. Looking positively 
at what God is doing in the lives of difficult people. Hey, they show up to church. That's a good thing. That's a good thing that they show up to church. That's good news. Because it means that they've found some sort of acceptance, some sort of welcome. And whatever difficulties they may cause, they keep coming. And that's great news. That's brilliant. Positive. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth, Paul says. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Love never fails. You see... We don't give up on difficult people, do we? I'm sorry we've loved having you attend our church, but Tom is better, posture, can tithe more, tested well in the Bible study focus groups. Uh, we don't give up when people fail, when people uh, are difficult, like they may have experienced elsewhere. Then people might have given up on them and closed the door and said, you're not welcome here. We don't give up on difficult people. In fact, we not only don't give up on people... Uh, our patient love and faithfulness may be exactly what they need to make a complete turnaround. We might be able to have a positive influence on the lives of difficult people. We might help be able to help them turn their lives around by the way that we react to their difficultness. So four ways we can be patient with difficult people. We can look positively at what God is doing in the lives of difficult people. We can, we can look for positives and we can tell them about it. There's something very uplifting about giving people compliments. We all uh, receive negative comments, don't we, about the way we are, the way we dress, the way we behave. We, and, and we know how that can hurt us. But every now and again, somebody says something nice and we feel really good, don't we, about ourselves. When somebody comments, you know, I really like the fact that you didn't tuck your shirt in this morning. I thought it looked great. You know, and you feel, wow, that's great. You know, I mean, uh, you know, I really like your new haircut. Uh, I like the way you did, you, you did that, even if it was... You know, greeting somebody on the door, serving coffee. I like the way you do it. Thank you for doing that. And the person feels wonderful. And and we can really encourage and uplift people by complimenting people on the little things that nobody else notices or nobody else comments on. It always protects love, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Love never fails. And sometimes in the church we fail difficult people because we give up on them. Um, and we say, well, you're, you're too difficult. And, uh, and we want to show patience. We want to show kindness. We don't want to react like everybody else reacts. And we want to be positive. We want to say that our God is a God of hope and he can change people. He can turn people lives around. He can make a difference. But some people need more help than others. The miracle of mercy continues next week. You'll be pleased to know uh, when we will be looking together. As he quickly looks in his book, that mercy is kind to enemies. Mercy is kind to enemies next week.